0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. I thank you for all coming along. If you're new here, I do thank you. Please give us a like and subscribe. Uh, it definitely means a lot. It's how we grow. And obviously, if you've come back, you know, as I say, I absolutely love you. Uh, we've had a big year, as I've stated throughout. It's been absolutely massive with guests and no bigger than last week in Jackie Lauda. She is the best in her, in her field in, in forms of psychology. Uh, she works with Collingwood, Melbourne Storm, across the AFL Women's, but she's just an absolute superstar and Mental health's been a very popular topic for all the listeners out there that wanted to check it out. So get across and listen to that one if you haven't already. Now, I don't know where to start with this one, but without doubt, this has been the most <laughs> requested part two of a podcast, maybe in human history, because my DMs have been blowing up and we've been trying to find the right time to do it. But Jordan Nagoy, geez, I hate saying your full name. Yeah, like no, that. So that doesn't so feel do comfortable. I. Don't say it. It
1: feels well, weird. Jordy. I call you Jordan, but... Mate, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I think uh, last episode got cut short a little bit with COVID. We were just speaking about it, so it's uh, it's good to be back on the potty. I know, man. Are you gonna be? All, are we gonna be all corporate on this, or are we gonna like try and really get the nestle in and get the best out of you? I think we nestle in quite well, <laughs> usually. So uh, we should be right.
0: Mate, how's the off season been? Tell me about it. Like it's a bit bit weird. You've come off a, a pretty big high with the season that that happened, and then it's almost like boom off a cliff and sitting still and figuring out what's next I guess for the next few months
1: yeah spot on it's uh it's been an interesting one I think last year in general was really exciting I think we got a really good young list and um we had some boys who really showed what sort of players they can be in the future so for me now it's just about traveling relaxing um getting back into training which has actually been really enjoying for me personally uh and then just going from there but a well-needed breast that's for sure do you know what's funny? It's like you say resting, but Jesus, have you trained as hard as you, like at this part
0: of the off season, have you ever trained this hard? But you are off your head at the minute. You are the yeah. diet and running and workouts and stuff. It's like I'm trying to, I'm actually been I've co-signed to right this. Enough. Yeah, which yeah, we I fell short the other day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you did well. You did well. Um, no, you're probably right. It's It's probably right up there with everything that I've done before, but just in terms of like getting running coaches, dietitians and stuff like that. Like just really wanted to hit the ground running. And I think it's just building those little habits now that will uh, hold me in good stead for the season. So,
0: yeah. So what is the type of stuff you do now? Is it like purely cardio and fitness based? Are you doing like strength stuff now? Cause you've always been pretty strong, but like, do you just focus on like certain areas or it's like everything you're trying to cover?
1: I think it's been pretty well documented that in order to play in the midfield, you need a big tank. And at times I probably didn't have the biggest tank. Um, So in terms of that, yeah, for me, this uh, off season's just all about running, just getting as fit as possible. Um, But then also in saying that, you know, you need to do those leg exercises, which are going to hold your muscles in in good stead come the year um, ahead, but... Yeah, at this stage I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I got a good running coach in Jack Kelly, so uh, we've been putting in some good work. And I just Is want he to keep the, the bloke the,
0: that's making me run. He's the bloke He's the bloke that's <laughs> Wait, making Jack, me run. Fuck roll. you, man! bro, <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Uh, <laughs> you're flying though. Like you're looking, I couldn't believe
1: how quick you were going the other day. It was like I was on the electric scooter. I <laughs> pulled out that one. <laughs> I think I feel I've got to tell the fans. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't paid for this. Like he's <laughs> yeah. just doing This off his own back. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's serious, mate. Yeah,
0: we bloody did a time trial the other day, and I was on the electric scooter <laughs> i feel like coach carter sometimes because i'm just on the street just yelling at you
1: like hey sometimes i need it that's yeah sure.
0: i know i know just speaking on the midfield was last year like the first full year you had in there you reckon like every week pretty much all the minutes you were going to pretty much you knew you were going to play there or was it the year before as well
1: not really year before as well probably that last half of uh what was it 2021 mm. um i played you know legitimate mid uh and then this year was a little bit of forward but more mid um so then, yeah, next year, I guess, we'll just see what happens, obviously, with Tom Mitchell coming into the footy club. So that's oh, another that's element, which is exciting. On.
0: Yeah. He'll just put his head where it needs to be and the ball's going to come straight to you and we're off to the races.
1: Yeah, I think we've had a good laugh about it. Um, <laughs> we had a kick around the other day, actually. And, you know, you just get a feeling that I think it's going to work pretty well because, like you said, he's an in-and-under player and we've yeah. got some good ball users around him, but we, we're we looking for that bloke who's who's going to get his own ball and and dish it out to some of our, you know, good distributors like the Dakes boys, um, Penderbreeze, you know, all these boys can, you know, dish the ball off really well. So um, it should be exciting. What was um, for you probably given you've kind of sort of now matured
0: into that midfielder role, what's probably been the biggest learning curve for you like – Things you've either picked up that you had to translate because obviously you played as like that forward mid role for so long and we're electric at it. But being like an out and out mid, what's kind of the, the standout thing for you that you're like, fuck, I need to work on this? Or that's the most notable aspect of like what you got to be good at?
1: Probably the, the, uh, your running patterns, I guess. So when you play forward, it's pretty simple. You hit up the ground and you get back. Like it's not, it's not very hard. Like as long as you got half a, half a reasonable footy brain, you can understand where it's going to go and you'll just, you just kind of lead there or break to space but in the mid it's 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 hard it's a hard on the grass when I'm lucky I've got you know pendles around me hey these older blokes who have played it for a long period of time so you know they'll teach me little things or you know get in my ear when I'm on the ground just you know, some little things to focus on whether it's just get to the just get to as many contests as possible and you'll give yourself the most opportunity to get the ball. But yeah sometimes, you know, as in any sport you lose your head a little bit, you get you know, yeah. you lose focus and sometimes you just need those people to, you know, switch your back on it and give you these little keys just to put you back in the game.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because I think for, as well for you, because you probably always knew you could play midfield, and I think you probably played there through your sort of juniors and youth ranks and stuff as well. But um, when, you, when you're when you sort of the go-to guy at times, because you've got a pretty strong midfield, but I noticed throughout the year like different people were going with you and sort of targeting you. as like when you're sort of that X factor for Collingwood when you're on. How did you deal with that? Because that's probably like you've just gone into the midfield, and then all of a sudden you're getting tagged as well. So you're not really getting the freest run at the ball sometimes. Like particularly the prelim, fuck
1: me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that was Unbelievable, tough. mate. You're nah, just getting hooked at every stoppage. Yeah, nah, the Sydney Boys did real well there. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I guess in like in terms of it, especially that game, it's like I'd just put myself as a decoy because often like you know I'd be the hit two. And then at points of the game where it's almost too obvious. Um, so then, you know, I'll just stand in a position where they think I'm going to get the ball, but I'm just practically out of the play. And and it frees up blokes like Pendles and, and Dakes and all these other guys. So, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword and it can work really well, but it also can work against you. But in terms of whatever works best for the team, it's like I'm happy to do so. Um, if we can use it as, as a decoy or a legitimate go-to, it's like we just work that out as the game's going on.
0: Right. Fair enough. Now, we're going to go into um, – Obviously, a bit more about the season and, and sort of the last 12 months, particularly with sort of, I guess, the form you've had and the stellar year you had and the recruitment to the club and so forth, which I know everyone will want to hear. But before we have to go into it, we've, we've got a bit of an issue, me and you. We've, we picked up a bug and it's called the golf bug. <laughs> we and have. it's literally, we have. Ch- I don't know if we're changing as humans because all we do is run and play golf, but um, mate, it's, it's, a,
1: it's a game that's changing us and who we are as people. It's probably saved my life. Uh, um <laughs> Nah. Like you're spot on. It's weird. I I hated the game growing up. I could oh mate, I'm the least basement person you've ever met in the world. Uh yet here I am standing on a golf course taking my time. So um Cobra, Puma Golf. Go, give them a out. shout out. Uh they were good enough to give me some clubs. And then since then it's just yeah, I'm obsessed, mate. I got I don't have any friends anymore. I just fucking spend my time on the <laughs> golf course we and were, running.
0: We were talking about that. We reckon we could both play a round of golf individually, like by ourselves. That's where we're at. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, a, dark, that's a slight issue for me. It was me. a social thing. <laughs> now it's becoming now like real technical. and um. Yeah. I actually, because, yeah, well, how, how much, we've we been playing probably like two, three times a week at times, like particularly in the off season. We probably even played more sometimes because it's like, what else can we do?
1: Yeah, I think the best thing for me, it's just an outlet, like, a lot of the things I used to like doing, including motorbike riding and all these other activities, it's you know it's a bit touch and go with the danger zone. So mm. with golf, it's it's safe. The club really enjoys you getting away and spending time doing the things you love. So golf, it's a perfect one for me. Um, plenty of golf courses all around the world. So yeah. it gives me an opportunity to travel, but also continue the game that I enjoy playing yeah. uh, and have fun doing it.
0: Oddly enough, did, was that like a little sanctuary thing? for you through last year, like through all the noise that happened at the start of the year and then also like through the contract negotiations. Was that like a bit of like a place where like you could
1: just be Jordan in a sense? Yeah, for sure. I think it's just there's no expectation when I'm out there. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't have the outside noise. I don't have random people looking at me expecting me to be good at something just because it's not my job, you know what I mean? So yeah. for me, it's I go out there, I have fun. Um, it's actually funny. I actually told my manager that I was signing with Collingwood and um, and it all getting approved as well on the golf course so <laughs> That was obviously pretty exciting. Thanks so golf has up. a special moment in my uh, in my heart. But yeah. um, you know, with you, Jackie Jenkins, uh, there's plenty of people we love playing with, and it's it's really it's just a piss take. So yeah, and I'm going to give
0: a shout out to one person, Dennis Spanos, a good friend. <laughs> the worst golf swing I've ever seen that somehow is effective. So mate, shout out to Vanilla Cafe in Oakley. Anyone that's around there, get down there. Dennis is one of the best hosts in the business with a shocking golf swing. And be sure to tell to let, him. <laughs> yeah to let him know that. More importantly, but no. I wanted to have a bit of a fun game here on this because yep. we play a lot of head-to-head golf and so we've so we seen do. the best <laughs> and the by worst. far the worst. <laughs> so I want us, each other, to define each other's golf game. Yeah. So I'm going to define yours and you're going to define mine. I want to be brutally we're brutally honest us, tra- yep. so the listeners can understand <laughs> <laughs> what we're seeing. So I think I'm going to go first because you i will first. set the tone. Yep. So do you want to go on the golf course, ladies and gentlemen? There's there's no one with more raw talent than this guy. And and what I mean is the sheer power and the sheer swing, if it clicks, <laughs> it's almost not far off potential like PGA sort of stuff, the distance off the tee and whatever it is. He really has some significant issues with club decision. <laughs> <laughs> he does he never knows which club to use. Like, like I should know. Like I turn into your golf caddy and and you use clubs that like. I'd, you're probably 150 meters away from the pin using like something I would use for like a 50 meter chip. So um, it's hard to pick up on. Uh, one one also thing is the, the patience aspect of the green. And this was in bold for me as of two weeks ago. And then the last golf game we had, the, your putting's changed, but you could get on the green or the dance floor as we call it very quickly <laughs> and capitulate on the green. And now you've started to take a turn. So... Um, I'm interested to know a bit more about that, but also I call you was well, a few friends we call you two ball Jordan because <laughs> if the first tee doesn't go well, be sure not, I might hit another one. <laughs>
1: so that is my summary of you as a golfer. Uh, I appreciate that. That's actually really kind of you. I thought it oh, could like have been I, oh, no. I thought you were good. Uh, uh, I think you summed me up with the, the putting. Obviously, that's been a oh geez, that's been a big issue of mine. It's I like, think remember at one point you what you. What were you doing? You you started putting left-handed. Yeah, I've That's gone through a few stages, started putting left-handed, um <laughs> different what I thought it was different a... grip, bought a different club. Rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Rock bottom. Yeah, practically, yeah, almost almost started putting with my fucking iron, I reckon by the end oh, of it. You're doing, so um, You've been doing some weird stances and stuff and but now my turn to describe oh, you. <laughs> shit. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh Loves to tee off pigeon toad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pigeon toad. I haven't heard that one. You stand
0: like feet in, which is unorthodox. <laughs> you pick that up with people, don't you? Yeah, I you, do. I do. Duck be, feet yeah, stuff. duck
1: feet and that. Definitely look out for that. That's I don't know, one of the unusual things I've got inside me. But um, <laughs> nice pigeon toad tee off. Usually... It doesn't go the distance you're looking, but it's straight. It's usually straight when you connect. Percentage golf. Percentage golf. That's, yeah, that's how I actually would describe you, a percentage golfer. <laughs> I think <laughs> Fuck. you're good at all, but you're not great at one, you know? It's just you're happy to just be that bloke who ticks a oh, I hate that.
0: <laughs> no, I hate that so much. And the I guy that fills the quota.
1: <laughs> and I think you've. You've probably got to invest in a new set of clubs. You're using your dad's 25 20 year old years, clubs, which apparently
0: were great 20 years they ago. They were great they're fucking 20 years ago. To hit with now.
1: But I think, you know, you still have a bit of an issue letting them go. As <laughs> 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 oh, no. you still tell me, your irons and shit is still good. Yeah, no, they are. Like I said, time's changed, yeah. uh, technology's changed, and I think it's time for a new set. Fuck. Do you know one thing you probably left out is the old sandpit? Oh well, your nickname, Sandpit Barker in the sand, sand The Sandman. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, somehow Jake always seems to find the sand, and, even on a good shot. Well, you always liked that as a kid. Did you like playing in the sand? <laughs> no,
0: no, I hate sand. It <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, but geez, mate, oh, we've we've had some fun on the golf course. I think one of the things as well I've noticed, even in the golf sanctuary, I'm like. Man, I just find people just like staring at you all the time these days. And it's like, it's getting uncomfortable for me to be around you. Cause I'm like, for you, I'm like, fuck, like people just take a picture. It'll last longer, you know? Yeah, but, literally. Yeah. Um, Have you found like sort of the last 12 months, like, like the amount of people that are giving you sort of that attention, even in the street, has that like impacted you at all? Like just trying to be yourself or are you pretty Probably, good at blocking yeah. it out?
1: Probably an aspect, I think, you know, in the past, I haven't been the best at keeping myself out of the papers and whatnot. Um, but for me personally, like, yeah, it's it's tough when you get people awkwardly staring and sometimes you feel like you can't be yourself. So mm-hmm. if I know people have noticed me, like I'll walk with my head down or I just, just can't really be bothered with that attention, mm-hmm. I guess. Like I just want to be able to walk normally without people looking or thinking that I can't hear them when they're talking about me. Like that's that's frustrating because yeah. like I just want to go to a cafe uh, if you know who I am and you want to say hello or talk to me, like, just come talk to me. Like don't sit yeah, you're over there. approachable with that, man. That's of course. I, was, that's I always will say. be.
0: I've, ne- I've, I've actually, that was one of the things, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, like the amount of photos you've been asked for since I've known you versus the amount of yeses you've said has been a hundred percent, like literally a hundred percent. There's never been a time where you've said no. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Cause I, I think it's fair enough for people to go, no, nah, I don't I don't want to. Yeah. But you always do. And I'm like, fuck, I always I always think like how?
1: Like I just much prefer it. Like that that's just a normal human interaction. Just come up, say hello whether you like Collingwood or don't like Collingwood or you want a photo, whatever it is, just come and speak to me like I'm approachable. Talk to me. I'd much rather you do that than sit over there two tables across and me notice you trying to take a photo of me Mm. thinking that I can't see you because that just makes me feel uncomfortable. It takes me out of a situation with mates. Mm. Um, It's just not a good feeling. So just come up, speak to me, whatever it is. But Just make it a little bit better than what you think. Oh, man, I know. Seriously, some people got binoculars on on (laughs) you. It's funny. But um, for
0: I guess one of the things when with you as well, with with when we go places, like the last sort of two years with all the noise that's been in the media, it's kind of – do you think like there's an element of, I guess, the general population? Obviously, the the boys and people close to you know that like nothing's really changed. But do you think people view you as like a bit more of an object or like this AFL player on a pedestal – like then a human, like I yeah. don't even think people sometimes like why I say that is cause like, I don't think people realize that you are human at times. Like I think I really don't. Yeah. And that fascinates me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. I think people do at times just think you're almost invincible. Like I deal with stress. I deal with anxiety. I deal with everything else. Everyone else deals with, you know yeah. what I mean? But unfortunately, like I'm in a position where I have to find ways to help me deal with it. So then things don't go public. Like if, if I break down in public, you yeah. know people know about it, so for me, it's just keeping a hold of that and and working with the right people like Jackie Louder. obviously did your podcast with her last week. yeah, um it's just having those good people in my corner because at the end of the day, I really care about the people I know and what they think of me because mm. they know the true me, not the what the outside says of me. yeah um, like a good example, like the other day I was just eating lunch, and this old lady she would have been seventy seventy five comes over to me and she's like you know congratulations you guys had a great year blah 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 and she goes "Um, I see Pendleby's training why aren't you oh yeah that's That's what she says to me straight away I first time I've ever met her and I'm just sitting trying to enjoy lunch
0: (laughs) seventy odd seventy odd and she says that to me and I said
1: how do you know I'm not training and she was like oh well well I don't I Uh. said. Exactly, well, then I would appreciate you not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just that's just proving that people hear these stuff and just automatically believe it. Like, mm. just because I'm not one to constantly post photos of me training or doing the other things. Like, I prefer to do it alone or with a close mate. Yeah. and just getting things done. Like, I'm not all about the glitz and the glamour of it. Because at the end of the day, it's hard work, and there's all these other players doing the exact same thing. But sometimes you just get pigeonholed into this category because of your past or something that's happened in your past. So for me, it's, it's, if I focused on that, I think it would be really tough. But for me, it's just like trying to build and be something different, like be something better than that.
0: It's weird that that's at your detriment that you don't post how hard you work. Cause I think sometimes I I reckon that especially the last 12 months, like really intensely. I mean, you've always been really dedicated, but the last 12 months was like, mate, you didn't leave your house. Like do you know what I mean? Like people don't know that it was like, you'd leave to see like social stuff and then footy. Like, and when I say social, I mean like catch up with me for a coffee or dinner with like the mates or like you, you didn't go out, you didn't do anything like literally for fucking 12 to 18 months. It felt like at times in yeah. in, in Melbourne, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, I just find that pretty crazy because you don't really post that or share that. So people don't like, you don't I feel like people don't really give you the credit for how dedicated you are at times.
1: I think that's one of the things, but it's people think, you know, in the past, oh, he's not dedicated, he doesn't care. These are all the things I got labeled in the past: uh, has potential, hasn't reached potential, all these things. And it's like I could, I could give people this fake lifestyle and show them literally everything I do, if yeah. that's going to make them, you know, change their opinion on me. But for it's me, it's are, it's though. not who I am. Like I'm yeah. not going to, oh, this is my meal tonight. This is. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the run I yeah, got to do today. This is this, this is that. Cause it's not about that. It's all it is about is putting in the work now. So then when you get back to preseason, you've put in the work and you're as fit as everyone else in the team. That's all this is about right now. Mm. Like this isn't about me showing me that, you know, I can work harder than someone else or I deserve more than someone else. This is just like, this is what's expected and you can go above or beyond and it's up to me to do it. Mm.
0: Yeah, do you know what, what's funny as well with that is like, I've, I don't know why, because everyone knows we're good mates. Like, and you know, I'm the bit of the Larry and a nice guy. Like, everyone always tries to find out what's going on with you through me. Yeah. So I cop this fucking abundance of <laughs> stuff, like fucking like hell, man. Like, particularly when stuff's going down. But one thing I always associated with you is like, like the mental toughness you have, because I, I was speaking, I might have been speaking to like Jackie or someone about it. And I was like, she's very similar to your mum. And I'm like, I think, thank God you're like that, because I reckon if you were strung like like me, you would really hold on to some of the stuff, but you really are good at like and I reckon you have your own stuff going on, but you really are good at like separating. Like when you play footy, you're playing footy. And like when you're doing something with your mates, that's what you're doing. And you're like in those moments. Like why how are you able to be like that? What have you, have you done anything to be like that? Or is that
1: just the way you're wired to I think probably with that, it's growing up, like I never got in a rep team. Like I was never the kid. I was yeah. never meant to be anything. I was never meant to be drafted really until I was, you know, maybe 16, 17, like I was nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was that kid down the local park, like kicking with your old man, practicing your right, left foot, thinking in the back of your head, you believe in yourself, but you're just waiting for an opportunity. That was always me. So it was the same thing, you know, uh, you know, he's not quite good enough, not tall enough. um, Can't find a position in the team for him. Just all these same things. So growing up, it was just, it was almost expected. I'd go to trials. Yep. Okay. Yeah. On to the next one. And yeah. I didn't I just didn't stop trying. I just kept going, so going, was
0: it and the going. You, that's when you boomed.
1: Yeah, it was drafty. I think it was uh my first game for Oakley Chargers and underage. Got in the team, got in the best players in my first game. And then my name wasn't even on the on the players sheet, which recruiters get given. So then recruiters were ringing the next day asking who this number sixty something is or whatever <laughs> I was wearing. Literally. And then I was like, Oh, this is who I is. Okay. So then they came and watched again. And then the next game I got best, and fair, uh, best uh, on ground. And then from then on, it was like after those two best on grounds, then Vic Metro were like, hey, we want you to come try out. And I was like, wow, Vic, awesome. you know, Vic, you look at all these kids growing up that had yeah. the Vic shorts. Everyone's played. You know, the kids yeah. that had the Vic shorts, that yeah. was never me. Yeah, you know, I was holding on to the Oakley shorts. I was and that, that, that was mate, good. I had you know? all the Vic gear. <laughs> yeah, had all the Vic gear and that was like, as a kid, you look at that shit and you're like, fuck. Yeah, you hold on to it man. You do, don't you? You're like, fuck, that's cool. Like, I want to be that just kid. a bit
0: of cotton. You're like, fuck, I want it.
1: Though. Exactly. And then it's now, it's funny, as you look at other kids, you know, at the beach or wherever it yeah. may be, and they got their footy shorts on, yeah. you know, what TAC Cup they team play for. And yeah. it's just funny watching the progression. And now it's like, I don't want to wear Collingwood gear because I feel like people look at me wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you don't,
0: I don't. You like, wear sometimes my old soccer shorts
1: to places. So you yeah, have to exactly. Yeah. I changed shorts one time. Exactly. I know, a prime yeah. <laughs> we did. And that and that's the thing. It's just that progression of like, you know, you grow up, you get older and you just you just like ten years ago, I never would have thought I'd be in this position now, having this chat with you. Like we're here. And um, yeah, everything's been so cool and everything's been great, but I think it's that was that resilience at the start of my career that, that got me to where I'm now. Right. And okay. will help me moving forward. Definitely. How did you rate your
0: like, before, like from a Jordan perspective, because I know you had to spoken to the coach, but last year, because you missed a few games with injury, but most of, you, most of that you played, you you played some pretty good games. How, how did you kind of rate your season last
1: year? Were you, were you content? Yeah, I think I was up and down. Obviously, had that, that mid-season shit that, that happened, and and that is, makes it hard in itself because then you bring another mental aspect into it, Um, and it's hard enough playing footy against the best players in Australia, let alone yeah, dealing time. with other shit and trying to play. Mm. Um so for me it was tough but I think you know you could see in the finals like I really started to get going started to play my best footy and mm. and that's kind of where I want to be in the future it's playing good footy in finals I think you know players can play really well in the season but if you can play well in finals it's it's just like it shows people that you're there and you're ready no matter how long the season is and you're ready to put your hand up when it when it's really needed to mm. I think you know, we were really lucky we had so many good people put our hands up in finals. Yeah. And that's what got us to where we are now. Do you know what I mean? Man, and it's
0: pretty crazy that whole period. I mean, that what you were a player of the finals, really, up until the prelim at one point, because you guys were dominating.
1: Yeah, but like that's the thing. You could have picked so many players. Like Darcy played Unreal, Crispy played Unreal. I yeah. played good, the Dakes played good. Yeah. Like literally, like the more people you get putting your hand up, the more likely you're gonna win. And that's how it, that's how it came out in the end, you know? Like yeah. In the end, like that last game, like I didn't play great. Um, there was a few other boys that played really well, but if we could have had more, it's just that percentage game.
0: Yeah. What was it? Just to go into that prelim with Sydney, because you obviously had a dominating period coming into it, and then I think it was was it? Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name now. Parker. Parker was running with you the whole game. I was just watching it, and like he was really like, credit to him because what he did, like he didn't get he didn't get picked up by the arms, but it was like. And on another day, he could have been pinged a lot more. But what was that game like just to play him? Because that first half, I don't think the Swans could have played any better. And they were so far ahead and you're like, fuck, what's going to happen here? And then literally from uh, Steele kicking that goal, I don't know how he kicked it, to going in one point and then you're with an inch of like a flag. Like, was that a pretty surreal game in itself? And then obviously the come down of like, fuck, we were so close.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh like what you said their midfield especially, were. Unbelievable, especially getting them going in that first half. Um, it was tough because the ground there is so different. Like it's smaller. It's not, it doesn't feel like anywhere near the G's size or anything like that. And I feel like Sydney played it so well. So it's like, you know, you're going into someone else's territory. It's their ground that they, you know, they've played on so much. And we just couldn't figure out what's going to be best to get the ball in our goals, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we were trying, we're trying. And then it was almost like half time we needed that shift from Swans to not go, oh, we're going to kick more goals or Swans, we're going to keep dominating, but instead change their mindset to, all right, let's Let's just make sure we win this. Let's just maintain. And as soon as they made that shift of just trying to maintain, that's like the door we needed. And you Mm -hmm. saw it so much throughout the year. It was like as soon as teams – we're in front and it was like, okay, let's just maintain this lead. Mm. It just gave us that little window of opportunity. And then all of a sudden you see us moving the ball better or um, running the ball forward more, just using handballs, whatever it may be. It Mm. was just, they were out of sync because they weren't playing the way they wanted to play. And, and we just started to just play just footy, literally kick the ball forward, slap it forward, do whatever the fuck we had to do just to get it towards our goal. And, you saw how close we got.
0: Mate, it was crazy. Do you know what? I'm like, I. We know I'm not a Collingwood fan, but that day I've never been more. Like the, the shout-out to the Pies Faithful that day. They really fucking – there was so many Collingwood fans there. Yeah. And like that was like sections and they
1: were just going at the Sydney fans and I was like it was a big part of like how you boys got back into it, I thought. Oh, 100%. Mate. And that's why – that was one of my biggest reasons for staying with the Pies. It's like yeah. the fans are fucking nuts. Like they really are. Like yeah. – People on the street, I've got multiple people getting my name tattooed on them, sending me photos, is just one shit one like someone,
0: that. Someone put one on their ass.
1: Oh, yeah, on their ass. That I don't was, know. <laughs> like, literally everywhere it is. is mate. You it next develop. level. And that's what I mean. They're, they're fanatical. It's crazy. And you just want to be a part of it. And they're good to everyone in our team. Do you know what I mean? And they're not, I they don't just pick who they like, like the big soccer clubs overseas. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: it's loyalty. Each
1: and every player, they know. Whether you're playing VFL or AFL, it's like they'll support you, they'll follow you, and they'll keep track of what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? That's the best part about the Collingwood fans. And yeah. they're always there, no matter whether it's fucking Sydney, Perth, wherever. Yeah pretty lucky man it is but do you remember
0: um I think it was a night before it got released when you did re-sign with the club and you called me to let me know and I was like I was buzzing man I was like mate let's go like do you want to go grab dinner or like fucking celebrate you know and you're like well man nah like you're like should I be excited and I was like bro and I think you were like like it was almost like relief for you to like have finally all right like because you kind of knew what you wanted to do but it was just like once it's done because it was kind of like a lot of pressure and so many eyes on you for a process that, you know, you didn't really choose to be in. Like you're just trying to get the best for yourself. It was pretty crazy though for me because you. I was like, fuck, he's not even like – he's pumped but like it's kind of like he's like, Phew. I think, fuck, that's done.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you're spot on. I think because you got to like do all these other things and these are all potentials. You know, you could potentially go here. You could potentially go there. And then it gets to this point again where it's like, fuck, decisions need to start being made. Mm. And it's like for me, it was like I always knew where I wanted to be, and yeah. that was at Collingwood. And then it was just trying to work out to get everything in a position where I could be at Collingwood, if mm. that makes sense. For as long as possible. For as so. long as possible, I wanted to stay there. I wanted to be with the group. I've loved everything about the joint. Mm. So when it finally happened and went through, it was just like I was just drained. Like I was so drained. Yeah, I was drained. I was just happy. It was. It was signed. It was done, and it was like. I knew my future and now I could finally just go, oh, fuck, okay, I can breathe. Like, I know where I'm going to be. Don't need to stress. Don't need to get anxiety, nothing. Just relax, kick back and just, yeah, and just play. Like, go away or go play golf or whatever it may be. It was like I could finally do that again without constantly having these thoughts in the back of my head that – because at at the end of the day, you got to start trying to picture yourself – Other positions, Do you know what I mean? Because if if
0: people don't understand that, you you actually have to.
1: You have to, yeah. Yeah. At at some point, Colin
0: might turn around and say, "Actually, we don't want you." And then if you're not thinking like that, then you're behind the eight ball.
1: Correct. Exactly right. And then you go into something else, and you've just you know you've lost everything you've done because you're not in the mental mindset. I guess you could say. Yeah, Yeah. So yeah, that's probably why I was so mentally drained. And but at the end of the day, it worked out really well. Can you? Um, I I don't think I don't think people know, and
0: I don't think I really know, but I reckon you and Um, Fly, Craig McRae have like a pretty good relationship. And I think that's a big part of what's, you know, got the best out of you and and made you obviously want to be at the club as well as what you've just said. But can you tell us about that relationship and obviously his impact? I mean, your second last a couple of years ago to go on with an inch. I reckon Geelong were buzzing that you guys in beat Sydney uh, to the grand final.
1: Fly's been like, honestly, he's been one of the best things that's ever happened to the Collingwood Footy Club. I think to bring a coach in like him – Um, he's probably not the biggest name you've ever heard of. People probably wouldn't have even known about him. Mm. But they bring someone in because of the character that he is. Um, And as soon as he started, he just had this automatic impact and he just built relationships straight away, bang, off the bat, got to know the boys, knew everyone from the top down. Um, And then from there, it's like we just grew, like I grew trust with him and he grew trust with me. Um, And it was just like we're on this journey, but he's just this new age coach where – he doesn't focus on the mistakes in a game. He'll focus, you know, seventy percent on the positive things and thirty percent on the things maybe we could work on for the next game. Right. But even if we lost, it wasn't the other way around where seventy percent was the negative, thirty percent positive. It was still seventy percent positive, thirty percent negative. Yeah. So you're going in open minded, going, That's okay, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get a grilling here. We're just gonna go in and learn. Yeah. And that's that's changed the game for like our team especially cuz with young boys it's like early in their career it's back in the day it was confronting at times like you'd f- see clips of you not doing something you should have done yeah. on the ground yeah and you're sitting in your seat going fuck me like yeah, you just want to slide for it. off your seat you're literally for it. you just want to hide yeah and nowadays it's like they can go in and they can just be better the next time instead of i don't know f- like having to to sit there being embarrassed for something, which which we all do. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. times where we all should do something, but we haven't done it. Yeah. So it's it's a good way to change the game, and I think it's the future of footy.
0: Yeah, because you've got so many young guys in your team too, so you have to be…
1: And that and uh, you look right how good them. all the our young guys yeah, were. They're, do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. High in confidence, enjoying footy, and that was the best part.
0: Is that kind of rejuvenating for you? Because I reckon you, you were that kid in like 2017, 2018, in a sense, like playing at a level beyond your age bracket. And you're kind of seeing that with so many players in your team. So it must be pretty cool to kind of relate to that in a sense.
1: It is. It's it's awesome. Like you just want to see kids get opportunities and grab it. And that's the thing. Like no matter who it was, always popped into our team. Like if they're in or out, they came in, they played a role and they were important. Whether they only got five touches, they were still important because they knew where to be or... You know, they just did. They just tackled hard, whatever yeah. it may be. Like we got players that do that, and that's their role, and it means more to our team than anyone could imagine. Yeah. Um, one thing
0: I wanted to open up. I actually
1: hope you don't mind me speaking about this, but was
0: one of the things that amazed me about. Craig McRae and when I was speaking to Jackie was she was walking past uh Craig McRae's partner on the plane and she was reading a book about ADHD and Jackie's like oh wh- why are you reading that because Jackie's been obviously doing yeah. so much research on that and she's like oh we we want to understand Geordie more and that was just like uh, amazing to me because like in soccer you don't really get that love and I was like that was pretty taken back but I just wanted to like talk about that because like I always like self-diagnose, oh, I've got ADHD in this because I'm hyper or do that. But like what does it actually like mean and like what is – how's that kind of I guess affected view in like a really regimented space because you've always got to be here on time. you got to do this, do that. Yeah. It kind of contrast, like clicks with um, ADHD I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one because I'm still learning about it now. Do you know what I mean? But it's almost like this hyper focus and then – just a massive drop off. So like people can last the whole day and just cruise along the day where I'm like balls out all day and then I'll be like, I'll crash and then I'm balls out again. Then I crash and I'm balls out. Like that's, that's just how I am. That's how I work. Yeah. So, you know, like I can't sit still. I can't go home and put the TV on and watch a movie. I can't do that. Like I need to get out of the house. It just pisses me off being inside. Yeah. Um, so for me, like learning about it, it's just like you learn all these triggers. Like, um, You know, like if we're having drinks, it's like, I'm like, I'll drink till I'm drunk. Like I can't, it's not one or the other. Yeah, It's not like you can just go. You don't do anything half-assed.
0: No, I'll never do anything half-assed. I think that's, yeah. But that's one of the things I loved about you was not like more the sense of like, you're always really active and proactive. Like for, for instance, like when I've been going through some tough times, you've always been there. And it's always been you that's like, no, let's go do this, let's go do that. And it just like shakes me out of the bad space Yeah. because you're just always on. And even when you're going through stuff, you're still proactive like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go to the cafe or let's go to bloody an arcade or do whatever it is, you know, just do something just to keep doing stuff. And I, was, I never really associated that with ADHD for you.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, yeah, it's one of those things where in terms of footy, I wouldn't be the footy player I was without it. Because I'm instinctive. I just do things and people are like, how the fuck do you do that? Or how do you see that? I just do it. And this is sometimes the issue. It's like, I'll just do it and then I'll think about the consequences after. Mm. And it's just this double edged sword where it's like, fuck, I'm going to just, you know, be instinctive. This is what I'm going to do. And then after it's like, oh, fuck. Where now it's like working with Jackie, it's like, okay, I'm almost, it's almost like I got this checklist in my head now (laughs) where it's like, I've got to tick these things off before something's. You know, yeah. Before yeah. I can actually do something, yeah. Um, but when you're young, you don't have that. You just go, "Fuck it, I'm here to have fun. Let's let's have fun." Mm. Do you know what I mean? And now you it's look just back how it on should it should
0: be in a sense because you only live once. Like, yeah,
1: exactly. When it's all said and done, you'd be glad you lived your life. Yeah, spot on. But you know, at times there's things you wish you could change or do mm. differently, and and now looking back on it, it's just going. I'm really lucky. I had like Jackie Louder, obviously. Yeah, she's a um, queen who spoke to my family and everything about it. So everyone now around me, she knows all my best mates. Like, yeah. she communicates to yeah. all my best mates. Do you know what I mean? You guys are almost like fucking nets for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this if he does this, you know, just be like this. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just put myself, like, a, a, in a good position where I've got the right support around me now and mm. I feel like I'm safe. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing, one of one of you boys will be like, Jodie, pull your fucking head in. Yeah, and I'll yeah, be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Do
0: you reckon that's, taken, do you reckon that's been hard to... To get to that point though with you because you had like obviously everyone wants to be Geordie's mate and wants to be around him like I picked that up when I first knew you I was like fuck me man like the amount of people that are just rubbing shoulders or want to be around you and then you kind of catch that are they doing it for the right reasons or
1: yeah spot on yeah it is hard especially when you're younger because you just oh fuck this is great like oh because I mean, you're a nice bloke too like so you're a pro- like you know it's not like you're pricks to people ever so you mm. kind of
0: they get in a bit in That's, a sense
1: yeah for sure it gets tough like that like Figuring out the right people. But um, it was probably like, yeah, a couple of years ago, I reckon, where it was like, okay, you really need a, or not even, maybe like a year ago, it was like, okay, I got like four really close group, good mates. Yeah. And then you kind of branch out and you got your next group of four. But yeah. you always know which net like which group they're in, if that makes sense, mm. and what you can do with each group or what you can trust or, or whatever it may be. But it's just getting those people, like I said. So I've got that net around yeah, me. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I want to, I want to shift to the footy because we got to talk a bit of, we got to talk a bit of sport here, but, um, just quickly on the last 12 months and I might've touched on this already, but what, what do you think in your game, like skill set, has really improved the last 12 months? Well,
1: that's a tough one. Um, probably just my knowledge of the game or of specific positions. I think that mid stuff has definitely got better. Has your field kicking always been as elite as it was? I've always been a pretty, like, naturally good kick. Because like, just, yeah, I've that was
0: one thing I really noticed this year. I was like, fuck, you thread needles and, like, big kicks, small kicks, like, really, act, like, you almost know you're going to hit a target.
1: But I think that was one of the things as a kid growing up. It was like, we just, me and my old man, would just kick. Mm. And I was like, if I missed him, whether it was an easy kick or whatever, like, he'd go make me get the ball. So yeah. you just learn, you don't, just don't miss the kick. Yeah. Um, but... For me in footy, it's just like, I don't know, I'm just with that inst- instinctive, like I'm not thinking about what the perfect way to hold the ball is or how it needs to be done. I just play on that instinct and sometimes it comes off and then sometimes it doesn't come off. But mm. at the end of the day, it was like they just people, especially the coaches and stuff, they take it for what, what it is. Um, but usually like it's, yeah, it comes off all right. So. Uh, going into next season now, do you do you kind of set
0: goals or like, because I think for you, for you right now, obviously, you're just like trying to get super fit. But like, do you think beyond that, is there anything you're like, like I'm going to work on this to get better for the season ahead? Or are you kind of just kind of right right here, right now kind of approach?
1: Right now, it's like, yeah, right here, right now. Um, obviously, an overarching goal for this pre-season is obviously to get as fit as possible. Um, and then before the season, it's like I'll catch up <coughs> with my close mates and everything like that and kind of work out to set goals of what I think I could achieve and what we could achieve it as a team, and mm. then how my goals will impact the team, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, whether the team needs something or I need something, it's like you kind of combine it all mm. to just kind of go, if I do this, okay, this is going to make the team better. Because at the end of the day, you want to win premierships. Like, I couldn't give a fuck about awards, personal awards, anything like that. Yeah. Like, people remember you for premierships, you know what I mean? And if you if you win a premiership, especially for Collingwood, it's like, the legacy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you yeah. walk around the joint like your shit don't sting. Yeah. Because right. you've achieved something that every little kid practically is trying to achieve. So for me, that is ultimate goal. And so my goals are always built around to how to make that possible. Do you feel there's like a difference
0: in this team versus the one in 2018 that went close? Like is there a, is there a feeling that's different? Because I feel like... Even if you're not a Pies fan, like this is the first time anyone, everyone was kind of on a bit of a Pies bandwagon because yeah. of the way you played your footy and like the young kids and obviously just like going undefeated for a certain period. Like, but there seems to be like a genuine excitement.
1: Yeah, there um, is. But even uh, on top of that with the trade period too, yep. having a good trade period. Oh, massive. We had a great trade period, Um, Bobby Hill, Tom Mitchell obviously. And then- McStay as well. McStay, yeah, 100%. And you look at things like that and you go- they're just filling these roles we've needed, and in 2018, it's like no one expected us to be anywhere near that. Yeah. So, and we didn't have like the most amazing team on paper. We just had pl- players that were going to play their role, and that's what we did each and every week, and that's yeah. where we got to where we did. But this year, um, oh well, 2022, it was very similar to that. Like, mm. look on paper, it's not amazing. Like, it's not like wow, oh fuck, they got so many amazing names or whatever. It was just guys that play their role and are really consistent at that. Yeah. So next year we can just do that and these new guys come in and fill their role that we've needed, like the whole we've needed, I think it's obviously exciting. And then with Craig and, and all the other coaching staff, they've just created a good environment. Like this is the year where the most people have come up to me and been like, I've usually fucking hated Collingwood, yeah. but I've really enjoyed watching you guys it this year. It literally
0: happened the other day. Literally. I like, I'm an Essendon fan, my brother. <laughs>
1: the, last, the last five years, everyone's like, yeah, I fucking hate Collingwood. Yeah. Now this year, it's like, oh, you guys it's were really great, weird, really man. exciting. I love what you're doing for the community because each and every week there's always something the club's doing to support, you know, a disadvantaged or um, a kid going through something or a family even yeah. um, to give them an the experience that's going to change their life. And I think it just changed the opinion of the footy world on Collingwood.
0: Yeah. What's it like? we got a few more questions, then we'll round out. But what's it like playing with Pendles and just – he just looks like a beautiful human, mate, beautiful man, just great shoe, just – he's he's mate, just He's, he's, he's honestly, a sexy footballer.
1: He's just perfect. Like, yeah. Is his leadership
0: this. like – what is he like? Because he's got such a – he's been there for so long and then you've got kids who are 18 playing every week and then he's got obviously steel as well. It's like different forms of leadership with different people. Like how does he yeah. go with that?
1: Yeah, Pendles is insane, mate. Like I actually – I'm really, really lucky that he's at the Pies and he's been in my corner a few times when talking about my character and everything like that. And I just feel like he understands players from the oldest bloke on the list, to the youngest bloke, even though he's the oldest bloke on the list. (laughs) Um, But mate, you should see him. He's like fucking Adonis. Like you see him at training, he's ripped. Like, the bloke never stops. Does he have
0: an off-season? Because I feel like No, nah, he, nev- he
1: doesn't even have an off-switch, mate. Like, it's, <laughs> really? n- it's nuts. Literally, it's nuts. Like, you'd be like, oh, I'm dropping two kilos. And then, like, in two weeks, he's like, fucking skinny as you're like, Jesus. Wow. Literally, just just bang on. But you look at his career, mate. Like, it speaks for himself. It speaks yeah. for itself. It's fucking insane. Like, there's no one, I don't think, it's going to be anything like that in the future.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? And what he's made from it, the opportunity he got, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Mate. Well,
0: last question, because this is what we've been,
1: we've been running with this same on the podcast.
0: I think I'm probably going to know your answer because I know you so well, but there's kind of three pillars that I attest to like successful people in sport or business and you need all three, but out of the three, which one resonates with you the most to help get to, you know, from where you've been to where you are now. And it's out of drive, resilience and ambition. Like which one for you is like, fuck, if I didn't have that, there's no way I would have, I would have been who I am.
1: Yeah, I think they're all kind of hand in hand. You need them all if you if you want to succeed. But probably resilience—that's that's been the story of my career a little bit so far. So um, yeah, just having that ability to bounce back no matter what it is—injuries, um, issues, like mental stuff—you know, you just got to be able to to get out and get the help you need in order to get back, you mm-hmm. know, where you want to go. And I think you can't be embarrassed by that. If you go, okay, I'm a bit weak in this area, or. Um, You know, mentally, I'm struggling with this, whether it's uh, relationships, uh, you know, it could be anything, deaths from family members, whatever it may be, like go and seek the help you need. Mm. So then you can free yourself and let you be – your full potential, potential. Because if you're still dealing with these issues, you're never going to reach your full potential.
0: Do you reckon you? Do you reckon when you were growing up, you thought with your character and sort of like because you're quite a masculine guy that you would ever do as much work in this? I reckon you do the most work out of anyone I know in that space, in the mental yeah. sp- space. And obviously, you have access to resources, but um, that's fucking awesome, bro.
1: Yeah, it was, I was. Uh, it's funny you say that. Like as a kid, I was like, fuck, I would never, ever, ever speak to my Me family. Too. Like, I'd just deal with shit. Like you know, as a kid, it was like. You'd have a shit game of footy. You'd just, go, you'd just go cry in your room and you'd make sure no one come in. You didn't want anyone to see you like that. Now it's like, fuck. It's like dad will ring Jackie to check in on me and go, like, <laughs> how's he going? Is everything going all right? So it's We like, go to
0: Jackie first. That's what I mean. Like I've been
1: lucky in like footy club, especially to meet people that have helped me so much. Like yeah. in my position, I'm really lucky to have that. But it's probably been the best thing and it's like it's hard because there's so many people out there. It's like, oh, you know. Nah, it's all right. I'll deal with it. It's like, you don't fucking have to deal with this by yourself. Yeah. Like there is people out there who are going to help you. Like come from me, like never spoke to anyone ever. And then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, now I almost ring her every day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's to check in or say whatever or say hello or like it's changed my life really. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty, pretty special, man. Well- We're going to go for a run,
0: mate, so it's been a pleasure, mate. I love you as a bloke, love you as a footy player, hate you as a golfer. (laughs) I'll be fucking there. I'll be there next week giving you some shit on the course, mate, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming
1: on the show, big dog. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning OzCast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.